you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say Bitcoin's a no brainer. I think it's got a lot of room to grow. I mean, talk to the experts out there. People are, are truly calling for the moon. And I think that is going to be the long-term trajectory. Hey, what's shaking? Welcome back to the All In Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. Today, I have Nicholas Proughton. This dude, decade of experience in the tech sector and a half a decade in the blockchain industry. I'm really excited to talk about crypto with him. And he's worked in a wide array of industries, though, ranging from cybersecurity, gaming, real estate, entertainment, and of course, blockchain. And Today, I'm excited to get this clear and simple understanding and then also dive into some of the more specifics. So, Nick, my man, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm pumped, man. There's a, there's a lot to talk about today. A lot Absolutely. to talk about. But, brother, where we could start, please, is just this general, simple understanding of blockchain, Bitcoin, you know, because it, it's sort of mysterious and there's not a lot of grasp around this topic yet. So can you explain that simply? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's a huge uh, it's a huge industry. It's a huge opportunity. But really at its core, what blockchain is about is uh, democratizing your money and getting uh, a type of uh, bringing a type of transparency and immutability to the world that you haven't really seen with money before. So what does that what does that really mean? Uh, it means that you know whereas many many uh, currencies out in the world today, arguably most of the world's fiat currencies, uh, you know, are controlled by a small body of people that have the ability to you know create quantitative easing, create inflation, reduce the value of your dollar. Now you have something that is scarce. That uh, you know can't there can't be any more of that in the world today. And uh, in addition to that, you're creating greater transparency and greater visibility into what is happening with that money. And it creates for a really uh, interesting prospect where we no longer need a lot of middlemen that exist in the existing system uh, to take a penny here and take a penny there. And you, as a result, as the as the consumer of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you. Uh, get better money out of the whole situation and you get less money taken away from you in the process. Yeah, that's a great perspective. As, as you're talking about that, because you're saying that there's scarcity in this because there's a finite number of Bitcoin, if we're talking about Bitcoin specifically, really, or, or probably any crypto. With that, because I, I guess one could maybe argue that there's even like a finite amount of gold that's in the world. And you go back to the 1940s in the US to where there was actually enough gold around, physical gold, to back every single US dollar that exists. And of course, now that's blown out of the water because of the national debt that the United States is in. Well, I would I would even argue that's the reason why you have so much debt is you you basically walked away from the dollar to, I mean, there's a little speculation on here, but essentially fund the Vietnam War. And and look what that has done to your money. It's lost 96% of its purchasing power in a hundred years. You know, I remember being a kid going to the store, can of soda cost me a dollar. I go to the store now, it cost me $2. Like what the heck, what happened there? <laughs> so which of that is inflation versus the value of the dollar itself? I mean, I, the United States especially is one of the largest economies in the world, right? So I think, uh, I think inflation plays a very uh, big uh, hand in that. Certainly not all of it, but, you know, based on where, what I'm seeing and what I've seen in the world, you know, it, it is largely in part due to inflation. 
Um, but one going back to something you were talking about a little bit earlier, um, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and blockchain are really, really excited. Uh, really exciting technologies, um, but it's important to distinguish that not all not all blockchain is a cryptocurrency, right? Uh, really, what this technology is is it's a ledger, and it's a ledger that is shared between multiple computers, uh, and allows us to to have um, a greater a greater insight and a greater uh, security around this ledger and how it moves forward. And the, again, getting rid of that manipulation. So there's a lot of different use cases for that. And I, and I know that's a bit of a backtrack, but I just wanted to provide that little clarity because, uh, crypto can sometimes carry some stigma around it. And I'm hoping we can dispel some of that today. Oh, I hope so too, because it is, uh, crypto does have this mysterious shroud around it, you know, but when you're talking about blockchain and all the different applications, I mean, you have a background in cybersecurity. So do I, that's what my company that's going public this year and blockchain, I can see one of the biggest applications for it because when you said it's a ledger, right? I love it because I can see it hopefully at some point in time to where it's used in mass in the medical industry for medical records, for electronic health records. That's, That's one a fantastic. Place like <laughs> That's a fantastic use case. Sorry to cut you off there. You're good, man. Um, I got you excited. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's free. 2017 was the last time cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin were really front and center in the market, and you saw tons of coins come out that virtually had no practical application to them. And, and surprise, surprise, most of them pumped and dumped into oblivion um, versus something like medical records, virtual identities, uh, real estate transactions, uh, and, and commodities like the project that I work on, Load, which deals with uh, uh, digitizing gold and silver and turning that into a medium of exchange. All of these are really, really practical applications that have real world value. And I think um, now that we're seeing more adoption in the market um, and in sort of a return to the forefront, that maturity is starting to come forward in the industry. And that for me is something I'm so pumped over. Man, same here. Because from a security perspective, blockchain blows my mind because it, you can trace every single bit of data that goes from one point to another point to another point to another point. And it's what they call in the medical industry as chain of custody. You know, and when that chain of custody is broken, that's how you know that there's a data breach. And then at least in the United States, you get regulatory bodies that come and slam you with things like HIPAA, <laughs> like the HIPAA. And to, and, but today, there's next to almost no way to prove some of that stuff versus you have blockchain, which can facilitate an almost impenetrable chain of custody. It's pretty cool. Exactly. That immutability, that impenetrability, so to speak, is uh, something that is really core to the to distributed ledger technology. And I, I, it gets me excited as well, um, you know, for all the reasons that you just stated. That's awesome. So tell me about, you know, because I might get into a little bit on Warren Buffett here, if you don't mind. You know, Not at all. <laughs> I'm sure you have your views. I mean, that guy, he, he's obviously he's amazing, amazing at managing a portfolio that he was given. Right, because he inherited this uh, these huge sums of money, and he's managed it extremely well. And he sees the patterns. I mean, he's able to invest in everything. But I remember reading quotes about crypto from him, and one of the biggest ones that really stuck out at me was, "It's not real. You know, it's not something that I can actually go and have." And he was even talking, trying to argue, you know, like stock certificates in a company that that's even something that you physically can hold is like a stock certificate. Yeah, and nowadays everything's digitized, whatever. So, but still, him saying that it's not real, therefore it will go away. How do you feel about something like that, and how do you combat an argument like that? I mean, I think um, I think it's a sign of the times. You know, I all, nothing but ultimate respect to to Warren Buffett. You know, he is an absolute absolute legend. But I, 
we are a constantly evolving society, even before the existence of blockchain, you know, you know, I go, go ask Warren Buffett to go hold his entire net worth. Like sure. It's a paper dollar bill, but that paper dollar bill is just a, a figurative representation of, of value. Right. And, and blockchain is no different. Anything can have value as long as we choose to put a value upon that object. doesn't matter whether it's gold or silver or seashells as much as the world's history has proven. So, you know, when he's making statements like it's not real, it, it's kind of, uh, it kind of dates him a little bit if I'm, if I'm being honest, because, because uh, <laughs> it's great like, truth, man. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm going to, I'm probably going to take some shots for that one, but you know, but one of the other things about Warren Buffett that I always respected is that, you know, he doesn't invest in things that he doesn't understand. And to him, it's not something that he really gets. So he's not going to put a ton of weight behind it. And that's, that to me is the ultimate sign of a, of a true investor. Um, You know, you have a lot of people today who are just, you know, jumping on the bandwagon, remortgaging their homes you know, throwing it all, throwing it all on red, going all in, um, but they don't really understand what they're going all in on. And it's such an important thing to do. Um, and so, and so, yeah, you know, that's, that's my perspective on that. That is a danger zone too, isn't it? I mean, it, like you said, you're leveraging pretty much everything that you have to ride this bubble, you know, and we, we talked about that a little bit too, because just like any other market, this is pre-show, just like any market, there's always pumps and then there's bursts. And then yeah, at some point, they, yeah, right on. Yeah. Uh, where do you see that? Because I mean, when was the last time Bitcoin was at like $3,000? That was. Oh God. Uh, I think it went down to like $3,000, like 2018, 2019 time area. I mean, don't quote me on that, but you know, 2017 was the top of the bubble. Uh, and now we're in a bull market. That's fairly apparent. You know, you have a lot more institutional capital being thrown around right now. Uh, players like Tesla entering, entering the market, PayPal, you know, going live with, with cryptocurrency on their platforms. Right. So, um, right now we're in, we're in a boom cycle. Um, but nothing goes up forever. Anybody that thinks it's going to go up forever is totally bonkers and you need to you need to plan accordingly for that it doesn't mean that it's going to go to zero but markets move in cycles this is this is a well understood principle and and so you need to be always bearing that in mind when you're investing and when you're trading Uh, you can't always time the market but you can always make your best efforts to diversify your portfolio which is why if i can uh you know be so bold you know i i highly recommend exploring alternatives to uh to cryptocurrencies that are stabilized you know tried and true and tested things like gold and silver you know bitcoin has highly outperformed uh gold in in this last cycle however um you know, the numbers don't lie and gold has, is one of the oldest forms of stores of value in the entire planet. And you can't mess with that kind of stability. And so that's part of the vision that Load Project tries to bring to the forefront um, by making these assets that might be considered kind of like your granddad's assets. You know, they're sitting in a sock drawer collecting dust and, and bringing them to the modern world and using this new technology to make it accessible for people. That's cool. Can you dive a little more into that, what the Load Project does specifically? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as I, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, gold and silver have been one of the world's longest, uh, forms of stores of value as well as mediums of exchange. And, um, there's, there's a certain level of confidence and security during times of crisis. You will, you look back on history, you'll see that, uh, gold and silver are things are that investors naturally flock to. 
Um, but one of the things that we've lost over the years is the ability to use it functionally because we're not pirates and we don't carry around bags of, <laughs> <laughs> we don't carry around bags of coins in our, right. It's not practical. Um, and, and it's hard to get down to the, the, you know, the gram milligram denominations for, for some of the things that trade and commerce require. Uh, so here comes blockchain technology and allows us to have an audited and insured, uh, um, denomination of gold and silver. Uh, and and gives it the same flexibility and the same um, function as as straight up cash, right? And so uh, load uh, has this vision of restoring silver and gold to the monetary system in a meaningful way. Because while we in Western uh, countries have the benefit and the privilege of uh, you know having of having you know fairly stable economies and fairly fairly stable currencies, there are lots of places in the world that are suffering from hyperinflation where their money is virtually worthless. And uh, sure, you could trade the USD, but you know. Without getting too political, you know, there's been a fair amount of instability in the United States, even just in the past year alone. Who knows? You know, 2020 was a wild year with the pandemic. And now it seems like we're escalating from one global crisis a month to four. So you might as well, you might as well, you know, um, take a look at these stores of values that have proven themselves across generations and, and do what you can to, to get yourself into them. And that's really what loads where the heart of it is at. That's awesome, my man. I love that. We, I'd love to look at the the contrast between you know those stables of gold and silver to Bitcoin as an example. Now, you know, because going back to the Warren Buffett analogy, you can physically hold gold. You can physically hold silver. You know, and I remember a, a friend of mine who was doubling down in the jewelry store. This was pre pandemic, but he was going into it and he was a little scared because it's almost like he could sense and that like something was coming, right? And his partner in that, when I was talking to him, he, he was, he's like, you got to go all in, you know, we've got to double down on the store and just rock this thing. So he convinced him to put $5 million into gold and diamonds, you know, for the store. And the thing that really like got him to finally do it, he's like, well, what if the store goes belly up and all this stuff? And his partner was like, so we just sell the gold and diamonds because it's gold and diamonds. <laughs> diamonds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're not going to lose value by doing this. We're just like getting the raw materials we need to make the jewelry to sell it. <laughs> worst comes to worst, we can just literally liquidate. Absolutely. And that's one of the, you're right. That's one of the, one of the most advantageous things about a stabilized asset, um, you know, like gold and silver, like, like commodities um, versus Bitcoin where um, sure it's proven itself to be a great store of value now, but you know, market sentiment changes and all of a sudden the only thing backing it is the faith people have in it and it collapses. And that's part of the thing that the crypto market really loves. Like those volatility swings that you can see on a regular basis make for great um, wealth generation opportunities if you're timing the market right but that's basically you might as well go to you know a casino and roll the dice on that so there is a there is a real a case to be made for the fact that this is something tangible that has uh true uh, value you know silver is one of the biggest commodities in the world everything that we're presently looking at each other on right now uses silver the microphone uses silver your car uses silver everything uh, has silver in it, making it, you know, inherently valuable. And, you know, gold is, is not too far off the mark from that as well. So yeah, or palladium nowadays too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and they, I think these rare metals that people never even heard of before are literally in everything. Exactly. And I mean, and, and, uh, you know, those precious metals, new ones will come to the service as, as they become relevant to sort of the market, uh, psychology and, 
and blockchain is really a great avenue for for providing that to a an investor class but also a consumer class of people as a way of diversifying your wealth so rather than having to be dependent on the strength of an economy you now have the ability to uh diversify your wealth um in in ways that you know are not as easily accessible historically and uh you know beyond that um instantly liquidate back to fiat without without as much risk as perhaps trading in stocks for sure can you give everyone just a, a simplistic view of of the history of Bitcoin? Because I mean, when you whenever you talk about crypto, obviously Bitcoin is the household name. You know, it's a well. How did that start? And that was the first too, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It was one. I mean, there were there were a couple like uh, predecessors, um, but nothing nothing as well formulated as as Bitcoin. And really. Um, around 20 2011 or so satoshi nakamoto you know did the genesis block of of uh, bitcoin and um it largely existed in circles uh and i mean for backing it up a little bit satoshi nakamoto you know there's a fair amount of anonymity to this day it remains a mystery of who done it um who some exactly people are, he is yeah yeah who or is she. he yeah yeah or they right um there there's a fair level of mystery around that uh, and there have been some people that have come to the forefront and said, you know, it was I who lit the blaze, but uh, there's been no confirmed evidence that that is, in fact, the real Satoshi Nakamoto. And so for, you know, the 2011 period up to, I think maybe it was 2013 or 14, but don't quote me on the specifics there. You saw uh, Bitcoin take its first leap. I think it made it up to the thousand dollar mark and everybody was losing their minds over that. Like, wow, this currency had really come to life. Um, but then it largely, you know, stayed, stayed pretty quiet up until that 2017 boom. And, uh, you know, fun little story, the, the first, uh, transaction for physical goods that was done with Bitcoin was for a pizza of all things, which oddly, I don't know, maybe (laughs) that I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the, maybe it's just the industry. The fact that it was with tech, but pizza, pizza and Bitcoin seemed like a good combination. Toppings though. I mean, that's the real news, right? (laughs) That's the real thing. Well, how about this? Like, I think it was well over 10,000 Bitcoin that they traded it for. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I hope that guy didn't throw it away. Um, yeah, no kidding. Cause, Cause he'd be set up for life. Now one pizza yeah. delivery tip, you know, makes your life. Um, yep. yeah. And, and then from there, you know, we went into the sort of crypto boom of 2017 where it really became, came to the forefront and you started seeing, uh, competitors like Ethereum begin to emerge. Um, and that was fantastic, but there still wasn't a lot of maturity in the in the market yet. There was also no regulation, so it was yeah. the closest thing to like a wild, wild west experience uh, that uh, for many people they've probably witnessed in their lifetimes. Um, and and the the rest the rest from that point on is kind of like old news. We we've seen the market uh, grow and mature over time. Regulators come to terms with uh, this technology and what it means, and we've seen a huge disruption in the in the financial space. Uh, you know, traditional banking and legacy banking systems are are being challenged by this, and this scares them. Which is why you see some countries clamping down so aggressively, like India, for example, on on it because they don't know how to uh, how to coexist yet with with this technology. Yeah, what's the biggest threat to Bitcoin or crypto in in general right now to it becoming really hugely and massively adopted? Uh, um, I mean, it depends where you look at it. Regulators are always, always a risk. Uh, you know, you could, you could just indefinitely say, you know, we're going to criminally pursue anybody that holds these assets. That's a big, scary dystopian scenario. Um, I think a greater risk is, is actually blockchain itself to an extent. Um, it, 
I, I don't know if you tried to use a crypto wallet back in 2017 or back when the, all these assets were first coming live. It was not intuitive. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was like a, it was like a learning curve, like running into a brick wall. It was just painful for some people. Uh, and, it, and it takes a while for people to wrap their heads around the concept of how a blockchain works. And so, uh, you know, by comparison, you go to the store, you pay with your credit card. You don't even think about it. You're just like, yeah, you're not you're not going, oh, this credit card is on a blockchain. And you're just like tap, pay, done, over. Uh, and to the same extent, blockchain as an industry needs to get to that point where people aren't really even thinking about it anymore. It just works. It's just intuitive. And when, when you can crack that nut, uh, I really think you're going to see mass consumer adoption, adoption on a global scale. Yeah. The roads and the infrastructure, to use that metaphor, are not really built yet. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're Henry Ford and you built the car, but you have nowhere to freaking drive it right now. <laughs> well said. Good metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I feel it's going to get there too, but it's, uh, yeah, we, we've got all these amazing things, but then there's of course Tesla who jumps in and they're talking, you know, they jump into the market and then they're saying now they're going to accept Bitcoin for purchases of any of their vehicles, you know? So, I mean, they're, they're starting to lay the, those roads, which is awesome. Do you see other companies like Apple, you know, large, big tech jumping on board like Tesla did? I think it's inevitable to be honest. I think if, again, if you follow your nose and you follow the money, all of the world's major financial institutions are beginning to ha invest in uh, blockchain technology, you know, JP Morgan Chase would go on, you know, say uh, Bitcoin's a scam, then, then swoop up a huge amount of Bitcoin and, they have a blockchain team of over 50 people. You know, PayPal recently, uh, you know, uh, issued their their cryptocurrency uh, solution for their for their users as well. And so, uh, I think you're already beginning to see this adoption happen. Uh, Apple, uh, you know, again, it's an inevitability um, because I think we we are getting close to that point. That infrastructure, I wouldn't say we're not right at the start. I'd say the start the starting line was was 2017, and now we're we're kind of getting into the, the um, I would say, either midway point or, or just past midway point of the early adoption cycle. You know, with any luck, it'll be, you know, 10, 15 years, it'll be, you know, my kids are, you know, talking about, remember when you use Bitcoin? Wow, you know, like you're such a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a great question. That's a great point, too, because I mean, what comes after this? Because everything in this life has a, has a life cycle to it. You know, the, it comes and goes. Oh man. I mean, I, 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 wake, I lay awake in bed at night thinking about that scenario. I think one time I was like, what if, what if blockchain is just Blu-ray DVDs? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. um, but there's a certain amount of future proofing that goes on with that. And that's again, one of the benefits of, of something, uh, that is backed by real purpose and real value. So if you're a commodity, it doesn't matter whether you're on a blockchain or you're not on a blockchain because the real value is the asset itself. How that is represented in the technology used to represent that is relevant. And, um, or if it's a medical record, you know, if we have find a greater, what's important there is the medical record, the application of the technology more so necessarily than the technology itself. The technology, don't get me wrong, it's fantastic. It's, a, it's an important leap forward for our system. But if something superior were to come along, so long as the real value and the use case is there, then, you know, what's there to worry about? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you look in the news and I'm talking specifically from like a general consumer, I guess broadly from a general consumer perspective now. Because all you see is what's in the news about how high it goes and then how the, how much it drops and then it starts to go back up and then it skyrockets again. So everyone looks at 
Bitcoin from a consumer perspective, like, like the average everyday individual thinking, oh, this could be a financial opportunity for me. You and I get geeked out a little bit about the tech behind it, of course, because of what goes into it and all the different use cases for blockchain. But what takes over the news, man, is freaking crypto and Bitcoin. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Well, it's easy to understand why, too. Like, let me let me just say it clearly. This has been one of the biggest wealth generation events of all time. We're talking about raising up entire like populations of people to, uh, you know, and, and lifting them into prosperity. That's incredible. You don't really get to witness that that type of event happen many times in a lifetime. So it's no wonder that people are so excited about getting in on this opportunity, even if they don't fully like understand it. That's okay. I mean, the the first step I would say is the enthusiasm, and the second step is the is the education and understanding the greater application of it. For sure, just anybody, general consumer, if they want to get in on Bitcoin, what what are the easy steps that you would tell them? Where do you start? Uh, I mean, it depends on what country you're in, but you know, there are the, there are the go-tos, there are the coin bases and very quickly load as well. Uh, you can check us out at load.one. You'll be able to just register and purchase Bitcoin, uh, instantaneously. Um, what you, what people need to understand is as well as, uh, just like you would have at a traditional financial institution, there's a little bit of getting to know each other that happens between a platform and, uh, and the individual, you know, making sure you're not a fraud or a bad actor, but those, those things are so minor and so easy to pass through. You can get them done in like 30 seconds to a minute. And, uh, and beyond that, it's, uh, it's, it's just a matter of pumping in the credit card and making that commitment going, you know, committing to, to diversifying your portfolio and taking a riskier, a riskier bet, or, or if you're feeling like taking a soft serve into the market, you could always go for digital gold and silver. And, you know, when you're ready, convert to Bitcoin and time the market. That's awesome. You know, is mining still an option? Uh, mining still an option. Well, I, I definitely, I would definitely agree to that. You know, for me, I work more on the technology side than on, um, the specifics of, of mining in the industry of mining, but you know, it, the, the two exist in a symbiotic relationship, right? Um, and the demand for these metals is going to continue to increase. Um, especially as a, you know, uh, as new green technology begins to get adopted. So I would, I would say, I would defer to, you know, more long-term experts like David Morgan, who is one of the big ambassadors for our project for particular insights and picks. But I think it's, you know, I would definitely agree that the mining industry is not going anywhere and, 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 uh, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So, yeah, right on. There's a couple of stories I've seen in, in media recently that, you know, this dude had like a hard drive or something like that. And it was somewhere in the United States, you know, they got buried in the bottom of a, of a landfill and he was even offering the city, you know, cause apparently it was worth like a billion dollars. I don't remember what, but he was offering the city half of that, you know, and the, the city, whatever municipality it was, was like, no, because it's just going to take too much effort and we just don't feel like it. They didn't grasp the concept of it or anything. How much crypto do you think is actually lost that's out there? Uh, at this point, billions. This is a, going back to what I was talking about, about crypto being its own, its own enemy sometimes in that un, you know, intuitive nature that came with the raw technology is, uh, you know, you, you have a lot more autonomy over your finances, but that comes with a greater responsibility, meaning that if you lose a private keys to your wallet and you're not part of a centralized exchange, then that's it. You're hooped. There's no getting your money back. There's no calling tech support. That's it. 
and and I know, <laughs> I know personally. I remember when my when my brother got given a Bitcoin for for Christmas one year, and he was like, "I can't figure this thing out." Whatever, loses the keys. Of course, you know. Flash forward twenty twenty one, and he's like, you know, I can't find I can't find the keys. Like, why did I do that? Who knew? Who could have predicted? But it's like, that's it. You can't do anything about it. So. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but you know that the trade off for that responsibility again is that there's no there's no middlemen. You know, it, going to the Wall Street bet situation that happened, where uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you you're going to limit how much GME you can you can buy and sell. You know, when you have your own uh, crypto wallet in which you control the keys to, there's nobody can stop you. Yeah, right? yeah, that's the beauty that, of it too, and also the danger into exactly. itself. Yeah. It almost yeah. self-sabotages in some way. <laughs> it can, uh, it can, uh, but you know, some very, and, and that's part of the learning curve, some very basic practices of, of having a backup of your private key stored in a safe, secure place um, that you can touch uh, yeah. since that seems to be a recurring there's theme Warren. throughout today's yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs> there there's, you go, There's Warren. That's all right? Bitcoin isn't real, but my private key is. Yep, so I'm just going to tuck that. <laughs> Put it yeah. with your stock certificates. <laughs> exactly. In your, in your safe. So, you know, some, some basic good best practices will, will go a long way and it's part of the learning curve. So uh, again, that's part of the value of looking before you leap in the market. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm excited because there's a lot of potential as I see over the next couple of years, you know, but who knows, maybe it could go the way of Blu-ray DVD, like you, like you said. Certainly hope not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same here. But what are the, what are some of the best, maybe just the top two or three of cryptos to invest in, in 2021? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously biased off the top of my head. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say our, our load token, it's a fantastic opportunity. Uh, you know, it is an equity asset to, to, it is an opportunity for somebody to get on the ground floor of a payment system that is built at its foundation with this blockchain technology at its core, um, versus other legacy systems that have been around for a while and are now trying to like desperately understand and adopt this. So, and that's an incredible opportunity in of itself. Um, beyond that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say Bitcoin's a no brainer. I think it's got a lot of room to grow. I mean, talk to the experts out there. People are, are truly calling for the moon. And I think that is going to be the long-term trajectory. It's probably going to go through some corrections and, but you got to have, uh, you know, diamond hands as they're saying on the wall street bets. Um, and just, you know, have faith in the process. And, um, but my other favorite asset out there is really Ethereum. Ethereum has been such a powerful blockchain because it essentially is like the equivalency of an operating system almost. Um, you know, people can build upon Ethereum and create uh, tokens and assets that suit their needs as a corporation, as a as a uh, institution. You know, for the medical records, for um, you know, for real estate transactions, and the the you know advent of smart contracts, which allow for more than just simple buy sell experiences you know i i look at that like um look at that like uh apple pre iphone that's where i think ethereum is right now the potential oh, wow. for yeah 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 you know we all wish we got in on that one right and i <laughs> i truly do feel when uh when the, the market truly understands the value that ethereum is bringing to the table that it, that'll be again an, one of the biggest wealth generation opportunities of our lifetime so um those are those are obviously maybe sounding a little bit plain they're sounding a little bit plain a little bit generic but um really really at this point in the market those are what's getting me most excited 
And they also have some of the least amount of controversy around them. Like, sure, there's a little bit of drama. Who is the real Satoshi Nakamoto? And sure, Ethereum has you know high fees right now, but those things will get solved in time, making it making it a lot more practical. And, uh, and you know, versus versus something like Tron, where you know you, you got the the founder being called the scam artist, and you know you know you look at the the politics and the and the the controversy of some of the players in this space and and nothing gives me more confidence than than those two assets and of course load yeah right on and dude tell me about load a little bit more because i i understand what it is and i think everybody grasps it but where can they go what's the easiest way to get involved you know what's the barrier to entry a barrier entry is is whatever you can afford and really any any um savvy investor will tell you only only invest what you can afford to lose right? The bottom line. Um, but it's really, really easy to get involved. We're a really friendly community, active in over a hundred different countries. Uh, we've been doing this since uh, 2017. You just go to load.one and you can either talk with support directly on there. No need for registry. You can join our Telegram channel. Again, uh, you can talk to myself directly or any of the thousands of people that are part of our community. And uh, you can go ahead and create an account in about 30 seconds. So it's really a frictionless, easy system to get onboarded to. And it can be uh, a great first step into the into the blockchain ecosystem with a group of people that are are really going to be there to help uh, lift you up and and not kind of just leave you swimming in the ocean to figure it out for yourself. That's awesome. <laughs> then one thing I would love you to leave with everybody today too. How do you feel about the Coinbase IPO and where that's going to end up? I haven't given too much thought on it to be honest, but I, I will say that um, I, I think it's a positive for the industry. You know, seeing this kind of behavior, uh, this traditional behavior uh, with blockchain companies, one that were not so long ago viewed as, um, you know, uh, a problem or, uh, you know, as uh, not a real legitimate institution to see them uh, reach that level of uh, confidence in the market and uh, with, with um, you know, with the, the financial markets overall. I think, I think it's a, a, it really signifies maturity in the industry maturity in the market maturity as blockchain uh, uh, as a technology um and and ultimately i think it means good things are coming for the industry you know again without having looked dive you know too deep into it that's that's what i see there i mean compare that uh quickly to something like libra um, which would actually disturb me and given the amount of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, not just from a regulatory standpoint, if you look at something like Libra, like Facebook is guilty of so much antitrust yeah, lawsuits, yeah. they'll, they'll sell your information to the highest bidder. And now they want to control the world's money. Like, come on, yeah, man, man. <laughs> Gotta leave. can't do no everything. Right. No so doubt. compared, compared to that, something like Coinbase, uh, you know, it illustrates that blockchain technology can be done in a compliant and, and regulated manner that is, um, you know, true to the core of blockchain and, and still at the same time playing by the rules. Yeah. It's really cool because there's those that can kind of blaze that trail for load even, you know, because it legitimizes everything that's going on. It brings that level to it, which is exciting. And as an encouragement to you too, I don't remember who had this quote, but it was, uh, it was something along the lines of, you know, the one who starts the revolution never retains the power. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, so if you can be the one that rides the wave behind it, that was kind of the moral of that quote. If you can be the one that rides the wave behind it, you're the one that will be able to sustain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because you're, um, Bitcoin really cracked open the walnut for everybody. It really, uh, 
brought that to the forefront. And in a similar sense, Coinbase was one of the first to markets in a truly UI, UX friendly environment. And the industry is evolving so rapidly um, that, um, you know, I think the proof, the proof is in the pudding there, right? I think the, the wave is being ridden um, and it's exciting, you know, the, the, with decentralized finance and, uh, and technology like that uh, coming to the forefront now, um, you're giving investors and individuals the ability to participate in things that have historically been exclusively for the extremely wealthy, right? But now these people can participate in uh, the same behaviors and, and reap the benefits of it. So I just think that's incredible. I love it. I love it. Everyone go to load.one because that is where I'm going to be headed right after this too, because I want to check things out and I want to get involved too. Digitizing gold and silver. Come on now, Nick, my man, thanks for being on. I appreciate your insight. Everyone does because, and thanks for simplifying everything too, man. I I certainly hope that uh, everybody enjoyed what they heard on today. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you guys, Rick. And yeah, thank you so much and take care. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. I was, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm usually on the other side of the chair, uh, you know, with our own little media (laughs) channel. So it's been an interesting exercise to, uh, to, to be in the interviewee seat for once. That's cool, man. I hope it made it interesting for you. I try to ask the questions that nobody else does. Yeah. No, those were, those were fantastic questions and, you know, really high level stuff as well. Like I, I, I confess a little bit of concern going in, like what kind of punches is this guy going to pull? But, uh, um, but no, that was, that was a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really hope that, you know, uh, you know, one or two things that I said stuck with people and can at least, I can at least convey the enthusiasm I have for the space. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's really exciting stuff, man. Like the fact that, have you, have you taken a look at, you sound like you are a little more, uh, you know, educated in the space. Have you taken a look at some of the stuff that like BlockFi is doing and stuff like that? Like you're getting, no, I haven't dove into BlockFi much. Oh my God. Uh, so this de- movement of decentralized finance is, is incredible. Basically consumers are putting up their own liquidity pools for institutions to take advantage of, and they're getting mm. massive returns as much as 25% guaranteed returns. Wow. Uh, pay, yeah. Like nine, like 9% on my USD you know, paid out, you know, monthly. And it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to see that in a traditional dividend market, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. So it's institutionalized finance that are diving into these liquidity pools. Oh yeah. Um, huh. check them out. BlockFi had a hundred million dollar raise. Uh, wow. you know, it's completely regulated in the United States and, and you know, you can get 6% paid out in Ethereum annually based on the Ethereum you hold. Uh, you know, I think it's uh same amount for Bitcoin as well. So if you have, if you're somebody who was a you know, able to get into Bitcoin at 3000 and you hold 10 of those and you're, you're generating 5% on that, just, you know, regularly just sitting in there, that compounding interest is incredible. Bitcoin continues to moon. So does the value of your, you know, it's almost like a drip program, but, but with blockchain technology. So like that kind of stuff that's starting to come out now is, is really, really fascinating. Anyways, I'm rambling. I'll, no, I'll cap good. it out there. <laughs> That's good, brother. I, we're still recording too, so I think we're just going to dump that in there too. That's awesome. That, it's fun <laughs> capturing the, the post show. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.